Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bell Ringers, Investing.com's very own markets-related podcast. I'm Jesse Cohen. Uh, here along with me today, my good friend and fellow Investing.com analyst, Clemo Thibault. How's it going, buddy? Hey, thank you, man. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, just to provide a breakdown for our uh, first-time listeners, uh, we discuss the three major topics uh, that moved markets in the past week, and then turn our focus to what's in store for markets in the week ahead. Uh, we do this in three-minute segments, after which a bell will sound, and we move on to the next topic. So without further ado, All right, let's get into it. Jam-packed, uh, ep- jam-packed week last week. Yes, it was, definitely. Uh, let's dive into it. Uh, the U.S. jobs report. All right, uh, leading to a new uh, market all-time high last week. Absolutely. Uh, we saw the numbers uh, absolutely crush expectations. Uh, payrolls rose by 263,000. Uh, investing com- investing.com expectations were looking for 181,000. Yes, it blew those out of the water. Well, well past that mark. Um, and also, the unemployment rate fell to a 3.6% rate, the yeah, lowest since 1969. Yeah, 50-year low. So overall, like the U.S. economy chugging along on all fronts here. It seems that way. On on all fronts, in 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 addition to that, we also saw almost little to no wage inflation. So the pressure is all off on the Fed. Um, you know, slow and patient. Yeah, life's good. I think that definitely uh, contributed to to last week's performance. We saw that you know we reached a new high. We broke through the the twenty nine forty that we were waiting on and you know we called 3000 uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago we're not there yet but i feel like we're definitely on our way there it seems like uh the consensus right now is for us to reach uh, 3000 if uh you know a few weeks ago it was unheard of and we were talking about testing uh levels much lower than where we are right now uh like what what a difference i i think i think that jobs data also can finally put to rest all those uh recession calls cuz clearly like that the, the data just doesn't support it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that at this time, and I think we, we talked about it before, about how the jobs report doesn't really show us the quality of the jobs, and I think that a lot of people are looking at these numbers and are not necessarily overjoyed by them Absolutely. because they feel like, you know, it's McDonald's jobs, it's not the kind of jobs that we want. So, yeah, full, full employment is great. Uh, I think, you know, we don't have really a metric on the, on the quality of those I, jobs. And that's something that's definitely missing for me to be, you know, ecstatic about this report. So I, I, I jumped on Twitter uh, uh, shortly after the report and uh, the, the contrarians were out in full force, uh, you know, even even terming the uh, the data as, you know, something you'd see uh, like China would release. Just cause, Fake data, basically. Like, yeah, like so, some, some, some are saying, you know, the, the, are the, first of all, the job numbers, while they're great at these levels, just aren't sustainable. And like you say, what exactly is the quality of yeah, these well, jobs? Well, I think you know it kind of it kind of figures in our uh, GDP conversation of last week with three point two, which is also feels unsustainable. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like you know uh, that that's one of the things that worries me really. I think that I see that all all the economic indicators are really doing well, but then you know you you see that man. We can't we can't keep going like this. Well, obviously, uh, the 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 data in the months ahead will will tell a revealing story. Definitely, uh, and that leads us into our second topic. Uh, it does. Of, it does. Of last week, uh, Fed Chair uh, Jerome Powell's press conference uh, that came after the Fed left interest rates on hold, left policy on hold, and basically, so we're uh, hung up on one word. But hung up on one word: transitory. Transitory. That was enough to send markets reeling. Uh, 
and and I I was shocked. I was shocked. Like I was I was sitting at home. I was watching the uh, the, the press conference, and it, it felt like after after months that the Fed was kind of you know crafting this message of we're worried about low inflation and uh, p- perhaps the setting uh, uh, expectations All of, of a sudden, rate of the cut rate. Yeah, everything is temporary. Everything is transitory. You know, Powell came out there. He's like inflation. What? What inflation? There's nothing. Nothing I to think, see here. Yeah, I think I think over the past few months, Powell really did a 180 on inflation. It started from it's one of the most important challenges. You know, it's the biggest challenge of our time. I think he said those exact words a few months back. To you know, what inflation? It's all like temporary problem, trans- transitory problem, and you know, I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily buying it. I don't like the way the Fed is handling. Uh, the inflation, and I don't like this kind of zigzag that they're pulling out on us. And, and he's he's been doing that. Well, his 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 first year in the job has been defined by these 180s on on pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I feel like the Fed should provide clearer guidance, and I think that this is why the market reacted so strongly to to Powell's comments. You know, the uncertainty at, created at the end of the sudden. day, you know, Fed chair is not supposed to come up with something new. I mean, everything's supposed to be communicated better. And not just pull off tricks like these, and, and you know, and and he talked about you know the the, the CPI and how that's not even what they're really looking at, Absolutely. you know, because they're it looking seems... at they're looking at the PCE, and then the Dallas Fed invented its own measure of inflation. So yeah, of course, you know, I can create a benchmark of inflation of three percent if I decide what I measure in hindsight. And really, what the, for what the, the the biggest implications were, we saw it in the uh, rate hike or the rate cut expectations that the market just isn't expecting that anymore this year, at least. Uh, maybe first quarter of 2020, but we saw for for this year expectations went down from 60% to 40%. Uh, the, the way the the data uh, uh, keeps coming out, we might even see those numbers uh, come crashing down, and maybe even uh, spark talk of uh, a hawkish Fed. You know, when when will the Fed maybe? Hike rates. So I'll tell you what I feel about the Fed. I feel that the Fed is really stuck in no man's land. It can't really hike from here, given what we know about Trump and everything. Yeah. And it can't really cut from here. Well, you know, we seeing the numbers that we see and the data that we see. So like inflation is the only problematic point right now. Everything else is firing on all cylinders. And and you know, and I, I I'm not sure that the Fed really has the tools. I'm not even sure that the Fed has the tools to create. It's to to come up to its target inflation without you know what, what are the steps that it can take so basically a slow and patient fed is what is what can what we can expect yeah i don't see it moving ahead. anywhere yep, in yep. the months ahead i don't see them doing anything consequential just you know chugging along the way it does right now i think they're trapped and, yeah, and it shows and i think I, I in last week's episode i said that no expect nothing from the fed before 2020 elections yeah so yeah, yeah. we'll still uh still time it, on it looks that. that way for now and uh, moving on to our uh, third big topic uh, from last week, of right, course. We got to talk about earnings. Biggest week of the earnings season last week. Uh, obviously, we're gonna focus on Apple and Google today, just because time. <laughs> well, you know, just, just because they're <laughs> Apple and Google. And and you know, obviously, there are a bunch of other uh, very very interesting uh, uh, companies that to report, but we just won't have time. So obviously, let's focus on Apple. Uh, they came out Tuesday after the close. Uh, the, the the market loved the 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 report. Whether whether it was the report or the increased share buybacks, right? The market loved it. So I'm 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 I've been an Apple bull for a long time now, and even and we saw shares were popping all time highs. Even three years ago, I remember iPhone sales were slowing. Apple was down to like ninety something, and I was a bull then, right? So so I've I've always been very positive about Apple and the, the way they handle things. This report, the latest quarterly report, worries me. 
more than a quarterly report worried me before. And why is that? I see I see iPhone sales. They were down 17%. 17%. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cost. And, and even cost. though even though services and even though, you know, uh, wearables pick up some slack, I still see the iPhone as, as instrumental and critical for Apple's success. Yeah, the, I, I saw some people try to, uh, uh, you know, paint Apple now as a, a services-oriented company that kind of makes iPhones on the side. <laughs> that's, Whereas, that's not what it is. That's, that's, not that's just not is. reality. Uh, you know, iPhones still make up the bulk of, uh, of revenue for, for the company, $31 billion of the uh, $58 billion it, it earned last quarter came from uh, earnings. Yeah, uh, yeah. It came from iPhones, iPhone. uh, obviously. And, so, and to sum up Apple, basically, I think that, yeah, as, as long as the buybacks go and the dividends go, yeah, it'll go up. But is the business healthier than it was a quarter ago? I'm not sure. Moving on to Google, because in, we, in, we do in need contrast, to talk about it. In contrast, the market absolutely punished uh, Google. And uh, for what? Well, obviously, slowing revenue when you're already bringing in 30 plus billion a quarter. Like, what are you expecting? I think for what, what really uh, the, the, the cost for alarm was the slowing ad revenue and, and, and what it means maybe with, with YouTube, which uh, some analysts were really crediting uh, as a, a big source of uh, growth in ad, uh, in ad sales. You know, the YouTube are uh, trying to uh, clean up content now. They're getting rid of uh, some uh, controversial user, uh, uh, controversial users. Yeah, they're they're trying to create a more positive experience. Listen, I think that Google is still number one when it comes to online advertising. It's not even close. But I don't know. I'm not I sure don't what know. folks' expectations it, are. What do you expect a, a hundred it, billion company to keep on growing at fifty percent a year? I think I think for the most part, uh, the, the the shows that Facebook and Amazon are really uh, uh, threatening uh, Google's core business. And, and, and that, obviously, is a core for concern. Moving on to uh, next week, or this week, obviously, the week ahead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's start off with Uber's IPO. It's something that we've touched on before, but now Uber is set to start trading on Thursday. Thursday, right. Valuation will come in anywhere between 80 and $100 billion. Well, it's, uh, the, uh, it's supposed to raise $8.5 billion at the uh, $47 uh, midpoint of the uh, IPO The midpoint range. brings us to about $90 billion. Eight, yeah, between the valuation. $90 billion, That's what which it brings us. Clearly preposterous in my eyes. And we started $120 billion. <laughs> which uh, was few, even more preposterous. <laughs> a few months back, you know, that's what people were expecting, $120 billion. Yeah, yeah. Just, just goes to show you uh, reality coming back down. Obviously, in the wake of a uh, Lyft's uh, IPO, you know all these, all these lo- uh, the, 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 these billion-dollar unicorn companies that that just aren't aren't making any money. And you know Wall Street, obviously, they're thinking long term. They're thinking, let's get in now. The company will be a, it's a, about know, the a juggernaut. Yeah, it's yeah, not exactly. about the money today. It's about the growth. It's always been that way. But you know, uh, uh, they had an operating loss of two point three billion last year. No, no, no sign of profitability in sight. I'm sure that the competition that they'll see from Lyft and some other players that might not even be in existence yet yeah, in the sure. ride-hailing industry. For sure. And I, I went over Uber's uh, S1 filing a while back. There's an article on it. You're welcome to go read it as well. And one of the things that really jumped out at me is is how little we know about Uber. There's so much. There's so many things that Uber is not telling us. We don't know the acquisition costs. Not for drivers, not for users. We don't know the retention rates. Not for drivers, not for users. You know, we don't we don't have any sort of geographical breakdown of their business. Yeah, we don't know how many is coming exactly. from the U.S. How many is coming? You know, they're doing a lot of things. They own part of Yandex in Russia. They own Kareem now in the Middle East. And there's so many things that they're doing that we know nothing about. So I'm really asking myself, how can I go into this IPO with a with you know with 
happy is, and, and satisfied if I don't know anything about the company. This is like the third or fourth week in a row that we've uh, we've spoken about an IPO in the week ahead. And like I said last week, and I think even the week before, I, I, I'm, I keep mentioning that it's really starting to smell like 1999 out there. And maybe this is a sign that, you know, the, the euphoria that, that we see in the market right now. Even like, uh, if you look beyond uh, uh, Uber and uh, Lyft, literally beyond, beyond meat, the beyond meat IPO last week, that thing shot up like, a, what was it, 160% of the first year trade. Percent, yeah. You know, Pinterest IPO shot up, the Zoom IPO shot up. So really, is it a question of sound fundamentals with, with, with these, these young companies with a bright future, or is it just a sign of uh, euphoria? So it's a good question. I can tell you about those that I covered. I can tell you that Pinterest valuation was actually adequate, and I believe that this was a good middle point. Uh, when it comes to Beyond Meat, I'm actually taking a look at it tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, that will be very interesting to see, even in hindsight, saying what I think about it now and if it's worth an entry point or not. But if I have to compare Uber and Lyft, I still like Uber more, even though it's losing more money, even though I think it's a better company right now. I think it's bigger. I think it has more chance, more chances of success. I think when 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 we spoke about Uber for the first time, when they first filed for the IPO, uh, we called them the uh, the the cleanest, dirtiest, ugly, the cleanest, dirtiest shirt in the closet, in terms of Uber, in terms of Lyft, yeah, and all course, these other IPOs. Course. It's not something that I would invest in, but forced to choose, I'd go with Uber. And and but then again, there are better investment opportunities in the markets in general. So no need to go there unless you just want to be part of it, which you know you have your own reasons. But I wouldn't, especially on the first day of trade. Yeah, generally. So uh, that kind of. We connect with what we said for the week ahead. Perhaps are we due for a pullback with the market trading at all-time highs, with the S&P up uh, at 29.45, at the, with the NASDAQ at an all-time high? Are we finally due for a pullback? And I want to start with something that you said uh, just in the last segment. For me, you know, there's no, the economy's doing great, right? We've been talking about this. Numbers look great. There's no reason not to be at an all-time high. I am worried about the IPOs. The IPOs, always a sign of, of a overheating, overheating in the market. And I really, really feel it. And like you said, I don't know if 1999, but we've, I don't remember, you know, such a vibrant IPO season where everything, you know, is so going up. Red hot IPO market. And, and red this, hot IPO market. Definitely a sign me. of a market top. Exactly. This bulls, bulls should be worried. You know, you, you, you see that the NASDAQ has closed up six weeks in a row. The S&P has closed up 11 of the last 14 weeks. They've been they've closed higher. And really, as a, as a bull, you know, we've been talking about 3,000 for so long. Back when it was, you know, not as popular to call for 3,000. Now, it's the, mar- it's the consensus. Everybody's waiting for 3,000. Um, do we reach that level and, and just shoot up above it and, and keep going up? Or do we reach that level so... and pull back? In my opinion, we're due for a pullback. I think we. Uh, Do you we think we reached three thousand before the pullback, though? I I think we'll we'll hit the psychological level. I agree. I think there's a uh, so, so some euphoria. Momentum we'll, is there. Momentum exactly. is there. Even the though even with the Apollo comments, even with everything, I think the momentum is there. Momentum will will pull us up to three thousand, and once we hit that level, we'll we'll need a, another catalyst because what we have right now, you know, you ask yourself, why are we even at these levels? Really, it has to do with uh, the dovish Fed. It has to do over uh, optimism over the U.S.-China trade talks, and it has to do with better-than-expected earnings season. So if we get a resolution on the U.S.-China trade front this week, uh, the Chinese uh, delegation is coming over, 
a deal is expected, probably going to wrap it up by the end of this month. Do we sell the news? I think we sell the deal. The earnings season wraps up. What's the next catalyst to take us higher? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I'm generally positive when I, when I think about the U.S. economy. Uh, but but yeah, I do think that you know you you can only go so it's, high it's without a pullback. It's been a great pullback. run, 25% it percent since the start of the year, you know, or 22% since the start of the year. I don't think this necessarily means that the bull market is over. I, I don't think that, but I definitely feel like definitely we're going to have some, a, a small correction, health, healthy sideways action. Until, I feel like this is going to come. Hey, it's it's summer. It's summer. We usually kind of move that way in the summer. All right, and our last topic to close off today. Uh, we still have to talk about earnings because Absolutely. even though uh, last week was maybe the biggest week in earnings, we still have a few big names, and it, uh, we've talked about Uber. It does slow to a trickle this week. Only 60 names reporting as opposed to uh, 150-plus uh, from last week. But uh, absolutely, still some big names. I think the biggest one is uh, Disney. Disney after the close on Wednesday. Yes, I agree with you. What are uh, your thoughts? Let's focus on this one. The stock has been on a tear so far this year. Yeah, so for me now, uh, for Disney, it's really all about execution, right? They bought 21st Century Fox, and now they have to leverage those assets to make something out of them. They announced their streaming service. Yep. Now they actually have to execute and to take market share from Netflix or maybe add people that will have both. But... I feel like Disney has done a lot of things over the past couple of years to put itself in a position where it can execute and finally grow because Disney has been stuck for the past few years. You know, it couldn't running grow, in neutral. it couldn't do yeah, yeah. anything. So it, it, they were really running in neutral. I think that's why that's why the street is so excited with uh, w w with these new opportunities that they uh, unveiled, uh, you know, earlier earlier this year. Whether it comes to uh, the stream or uh, you know the streaming service, whether it comes to to the deal uh, deals of uh, buying twenty first century. I think in in general, uh, you know, strong results at the box office recently with all their uh, hit movies. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, stabilization in uh, pay TV business, which they've already highlighted. In, in my opinion, I think Disney uh, probably beats, beats expectations uh, in, in this report. Uh, the stock uh, will probably continue to uh, run higher. And something I'll probably look on as well, I'll keep an eye on uh, Netflix stock uh, the same time as Disney uh, releases, just to see what the reaction is uh, over there and how that responds to... Yeah, yeah. Just one thing to add about about Netflix in about sorry Disney in general is that you know we we tend to disregard powerhouses, you know, such as Apple, Google, and kind of maybe expect a little bit too much. And then when they don't deliver, we expect too little. And I think that those are still massive industry leaders with massive cash and massive assets and opportunity. And I feel like people a lot of times as soon as things don't go very well, they're like ditching. And this is where you can have like a good buy the dip opportunity. Absolutely. And people forget the amount of money and power that those companies have. So that's definitely something to keep in mind uh, with Disney if it drops. And uh, and I we wanted to touch on Lyft. Yeah, just to, to end the episode. Major or, or one of the most recognizable uh, earning names uh, to release uh, this week, Tuesday after the bell. Uh, Lyft is uh, expected to report a loss of three dollars and thirty-three cents or per share on revenue of $740 million, which would be up from around uh, $397 the same quarter a year earlier. Yeah. So while the stock, or, or while the company obviously is still losing money, we, we, we're we still seeing some healthy revenue growth uh, there. Yes, but for me, Lyft is all about active riders. And I treat it a little bit like I treated Netflix back in the day. Wherever active riders will go, Lyft will go. And Lyft had 18.6 million riders last quarter, right? So if we're projecting a little bit of growth, anything below 20 
million active riders for the past quarter will be an epic failure. Well, the, the, the thing with that is, though, how much did they spend to reach you know those those extra extra active users, but, but given they they did highlight all this increased uh, spending leading up to the IPO, of course, of course, and trying to take uh, or trying to grab market share from Uber, and and really I'm 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 looking to see how they update uh, uh, shareholders in regards to that. But I think that. that I think that with Lyft and Uber, we kind of already accepted the fact that these are money losing businesses for now. So I don't feel like the acquisition costs are going to be that important. I feel like the, the growth is more important right now and the focus will be on the growth and not necessarily on how much money it costs because we're completely expecting Lyft to be losing a ton of money anyway. Oh. So just at least show us that you can deliver growth while you're losing money. And I think this is the major uh, talking point that we're going to have uh, when really, it comes up with earnings yes. Tuesday after the close. And, and really sh shares are off uh, around 14% uh, from the IPO price. And, and, and like you say, the timing, Tuesday after the bell, uh, would really uh, kind of set the tone for Uber, which will start trading, trading on, Thursday, on Thursday. For sure. So definitely something if you're considering, uh, you know, partaking in the Uber IPO. The ride-hailing industry is definitely uh, on the clock today. Exactly. Big, big week for the ride-hailing industry. For sure. All right, everyone. So uh, that's the end of our weekly podcast. It's been a pleasure being here. Again, my friend Jesse Cohen here. It was great, great uh, fun talking to you. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a very eventful week. Uh, so definitely keep up with the news. Uh, check out investing.com and uh, follow us on Twitter. All right. Have a great week, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have fun, everybody.